With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't mind us, we're playing through... Here's Froggy, Brian Golf, and Wacker. It's another edition of the Playing Through Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. We are here to recap Bay Hill. It's Froggy from Elvis Duran on the Morning Show on Twitter at Froggy Radio as well as Instagram uh, with Brian Wacker from Golf Digest at Brian Wacker One on Twitter and Brian Golf on the phone. I don't know exactly what he's doing today, but I, I think it might be booby related. Is that is that is that true? <laughs> this this is like Sergio right here when he when he does the Masters Conference call from the hospital room as his wife gives birth. Right. right. I think right. I, I think there's something going on with uh, Brian Golf, his wife, a plastic surgeon. I, I I think there's something going on. <laughs> that's not till Friday. That's oh, that's Friday. Friday. Oh, okay. My yeah, bad. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I'm jumping yeah. the gun a little bit. Okay. Either either way. You know well, I don't want to know what he's in. I don't want to know what he's doing then. <laughs> right. Then, no. No. We'll just stick All with I your know busy. Is he's not in the studio. <laughs> he's not here with us. He's on the phone. What and the hell? I'm going to play a round of golf at one of my favorite golf courses in Palm Beach. It's called Bannon Golf Club. A buddy of mine works out there, and he's got me on. And so I'm like, you know what? Uh, I'm missing out on a lot today by not being in the studio with y'all. Wow. I wish I was I'm playing, playing golf. At golf. Man, I wish I was playing golf. Yeah, yeah. Me too. I mean, I work for a golf magazine. I couldn't even. I'm, I'm here in a studio. Right. I know. Something's so, wrong with this picture. So let's recap Bay Hill. You ready to recap Bay Hill? Oh, please. What a, so, what a tournament. So what's the biggest takeaway? Brian Golf, what's your biggest takeaway out of Bay Hill? This is the best lead up to the Masters that we've had in uh, I don't know how long. Look at everyone that's won this year. I would agree. Probably, There's yeah. almost not a favorite now. I mean, obviously everybody's going to mention Vegas Tiger. would disagree with yeah, you. Yeah, Vegas says Tiger, which I I think is a little um, as you no, know. That's because that's, that's what people's betting. You know, that's just that's how that works, right? I get it, but I mean, you got to you got to put Rory in that conversation. You got to put Jason Day in that conversation. You got to put Dustin Johnson, uh, Justin Thomas. There's so many different guys that are playing so good right now, and then you can't leave out Phil. You can't leave out Henrik Stenson. You can't leave out Justin Rose. There's a lot of really good guys. We are primed for an amazing couple weeks here coming up. Yeah, think about it. Look, look at you know the names you just said. By the way, all the names you just said—they're all like the top ten, uh, you know, quote favorites to win the Masters, you know, or something like that. I think Phil is eighteen to one, and he's like you know tenth as far as Masters odds go, or something. Wacker, I know you probably got him pulled up right there. You're ready to go, and if you don't have him pulled up, he's willing about. 
10 seconds, but <laughs> I, I, just, I just go back to looking at who has won so far this year. Everybody, if you want to go back to like the fall season, Justin Thomas, Ricky Fowler, Dustin Johnson, you know, won the tournament of champions. Roars just won. You've got, oh, even going back to fall season, Justin Rose won, and he's clearly playing as good as anybody right now. Tigers in the mix. Phil Mickelson, as you said, just won. Uh, who am I missing that's just recently won that has every reason? Justin Thomas has every reason to be favored in the Masters. Well, you could throw Bubba Watson in there as well. Yeah. Look, here, here are the exactly. odds. You asked for the odds. Here you go. Tiger Woods uh, just literally in front of my eyes just went from eight to one to nine to one. Still the favorite though. Dustin Johnson at eleven to one. Jordan Spieth fourteen to one. Uh, of course, the one there before Justin Thomas fifteen to one. Rory now up to fifteen to one. He has had his struggles there, but has certainly been in contention uh, more than once. And you, and Froggy, you mentioned Justin Rose sixteen to one. I love Justin Rose's chances this year. This is a guy who's gone second last year. Of course, losing in that playoff, had a putt to win in regulation, loses to Sergio in the playoff. Year before he finishes top ten. Year before that, also finishes second. So. This is a guy who seems poised yeah. to make a run there. And look, every time the Masters comes around, there's always a bunch of storylines leading into it. But I agree with you guys. When you throw Tiger in the mix on top of all this, and now you have Rory winning just a couple of weeks before the Masters, it really elevates things. Uh, Tiger, of course, takes it to another level. Uh, hasn't won there since 2005. Hasn't won a major since 2008. But is certainly the way he has played has had chances to win uh, at least twice this year, the, each of the last two weeks with Tampa and, and Bay Hill. This is a stacked leaderboard uh, in terms of going into the Masters. I mean, everybody, Tiger, Dustin, Jordan, Justin, Rory, Justin Rose, uh, Phil Mickelson, Bubba Watson, Jason Day, who has won this year. Uh, he's 20-1 to 1 yeah. at the Masters. Uh, Ricky Fowler, John Rahm, who people have, have cooled a bit, but has played well at times this year. Sergio Garcia, the defending champion, 25-1. to 1. I mean, all of those guys, even Paul Casey, he won in Tampa, 28-1. Right. to 1. Any of those guys, it's always it always seems to boil down to those top 10, 15, 20, 25 guys when it comes to the Masters. Or will we get a Danny Willett that will come out of nowhere <laughs> like we did a couple years ago where well, a guy just makes rem- a run at the end? And remember that, though. He wasn't out of nowhere at the time. The guy was the top player in the world and the top uh, you know 15 in the world. Um, this was a guy who basically caught lightning in a bottle there and right. obviously has struggled since. He's had some injuries. He's had some swing issues, some other things going on. So... He has had his share of struggles since then, but at the time was playing well. Certainly, I don't think anybody would have predicted, uh, or very few people would have predicted Danny Willett back then. But I think um, Mm -hmm. anytime you're looking at the Masters, you want to look at that sort of upper echelon because chances are it's going to come from somewhere in the top 20 in the world. Bay Hill was a great tournament, but it really has all been a springboard getting us to Augusta. And even now with the match play, I'm excited about the match play, but the match play really... It's such a different, the way the tournament is done, it's really different. It's hard to really take a lot away from it. I mean, somebody could lose in the first round and still be very hot. But And it's why some guys don't play, quite frankly. You know, right. it's why um, you won't see a, a player like Adam Scott isn't really uh, necessarily a fan of the format or, you know, other guys. So we've seen uh, some top players skip that event because, especially now, you have this sort of round robin format for three days. And then you can have a meaningless match on Friday um, in your pool, depending how you do those first two matches. So right. it's kind of a weird format. Some guys kind of traditional, like the old school, you know, knockout format. 
you know, NCA type format, and um, it, it's certainly a quirky, quirky event. Yeah, so it's not a recap unless we do talk about Tiger. So yeah. I know we've got a bunch of different takes on Tiger here, all, all three of us. Uh, Wacker, you want to go first, your take on Tiger, so he gets into contention on Sunday, and look, what do you make of it? I, I mean, again, this is progress. This is We talked about this last week in terms of you know what is success. This was success right up until the 16th hole anyway, where he hits the tee ball out of bounds. Look, you cannot, absolutely cannot hit that shot out of bounds. I get it. He wasn't committed to the shot. It's a difficult decision for him there, apparently. But to me, the fact that, and I'm going to read you the quote, he said, I wasn't committed to what I was going to do. If I hit driver, I have to fit it with a cut. Back of my mind, why don't you just bomb it over the top? It's only 320. Or just hit three wood straight away. Uh, and then, of course, have you know a short iron in. So to me, it's probably a bit strong to call it a choke, but... Really? Whoa, 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 whoa. Don't look, use the C word. Look, I, to me, I, I think in the moment it's a choke because this is Tiger. To me, the definition of choke is a guy doing outside his norm um, when the pressure is ratcheted up the highest. And look, we've seen it a couple times. I, I saw it at, at Tampa where there were some moments, be it Sunday, be it late in the um, second round, where there were some shots you know, to maybe take the lead or kind of drop the hammer and, and create some distance. You know, to, I go back to a, a wedge Tiger had. Uh, Into number nine on Friday. Right, on Tampa. His 18th hole. And, and, he, and he blows it right. You know, granted he's hitting out of the rough, but he blows it right in one place you can't miss. Ends up making bogey on a hole that it worse should have been a par and, right. and potentially a birdie. So, uh, and then we saw it with a couple of putts there in the final day. Right. And we see it Sunday at Bay Hill where he hits the tee shot left. I know that's always been his his miss. Nota Begay often talks about this, that the quote big miss has always been his fear to hit it left. But you cannot hit it left there. And the fact that his explanation to me of, of not being committed is almost stunning. Um, I'm not sure I've ever heard him say I wasn't committed to the shot there. And in that situation, very rarely can I recall maybe one or two instances throughout the, his entire career where he's been in that type of position and hit such a poor shot and taken himself immediately out of it because of it. Right. Brian Golf, what do you make of the weekend in Bay Hill? Well, it was obviously an awesome tournament, right? Like, the entire weekend was awesome. But if we're going to, like, talk about Tiger, I think all of us were just on this, the edge of our couches or whatever, wherever you were watching, watching what he was doing through the first nine holes. And then starting up on the back nine, and then obviously, you know, on 16, as Wacker was saying, it's just a shot that you can't do. And, you know, if you're ever sitting back there on that hole, the further back you play that hole on the tee box, like back where they're playing it, the more room you really have on that hole. The most inexcusable shot he could have hit, not committed, whatever, it doesn't matter. It was just a really terrible shot. And I think it actually was a really terrible play to hit driver for him just because, uh, obviously, if you saw Rory's, drive the dude hit it 373 and 80 yards of it was roll like bro hit your freaking two iron hit your three wood do whatever you gotta do have eight iron in instead of wedge on a par five that in my opinion should not be a par five i think they're holding on to it just because arnold palmer designed the course you know and they don't want to mess with the fact that it's a par 72 and that arnie wanted that to be a par five so i get that Tiger had way too many better options than bomb driver. Like, what was he going to gain at that point? 
he was only what one shot back at that point. Right, but he had bomb yeah, driver. He had bomb driver there on Thursday and Friday and Saturday, and he'd made birdie all three days. And and I, I totally get it. But he hit some vintage Tiger shots. If you remember that shot on Saturday out of the bunker against the lip, almost. No, absolutely. Look, there were some moments, but the fact that he's thinking of trying to squeeze a cut in there or, or isn't sure he's what trying he's trying to, make to eagle. what he's trying to do. He wants to, to make me, eagle. To me, that's a moment of choke because, to me, the definition of choke is when you put a guy in a situation where the pressure is the highest, and all of a sudden he does something that he norm- he makes a decision he normally wouldn't make, he he plays different than he normally would do. If that situation was Saturday, let's say, or Friday, you talked about it. He hit drive, uh, he bombed driver there early in the week, and, and then isn't sure what he's trying to do uh, on Sunday is amazing to me. I, and that I get. And look, but- he hasn't won in five years. There has to be some nerves. Right. And that's my take on this. My take on this is that, I mean, six months ago... The fact that we're even having this conversation is ridiculous. Six months ago, the conversation was, is the guy, can he walk? I mean, now we're having a conversation of, because he he pulled the wrong club because he was trying to go... I mean, I see it as a case of, he wanted to make Eagle there. He thought if he could make Eagle there and birdie one of the last two holes and finish three under and post the number, at that time, he didn't know Rory was going to go on the crazy run that he went on on the back nine. who knows if Rory sees that... Right, so you don't what really he does. know, and it's all it's it's all hearsay. But at this point, the guy was trying to make eagle. I respect that. I'm just amazed that here we are, five tournaments into the comeback. Right, one of them he did make the cut. He's got a top 25 at at Tory. He's got a 12th at the Honda. He's got a second at the Valspar. Another top five here. So of the five tournaments he's played, he's finished inside the top 25. Every single time, except one that he did make the cut of Genesis on a course that back when he was playing in his prime, he didn't play very well. So you have to take that out of the mix. The fact that we're even having this conversation about, did he, I mean, you used the C word there. Did he choke? Did he not? The fact that he's in contention, he's living around the top of the leaderboard again. And that is what makes this another successful week in the return and on a return to Augusta where, I mean, I know I told Brian Golf, I told you you were crazy. Earlier this year, when you said you thought he was going to win the Masters, he's just as good as anybody else to win the Masters at this point. There's absolutely no reason to believe he can't show up to Augusta on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday and shoot good numbers. Yes, I know there is some rust when it comes to tournament pressure and tournament time. I see it. I I agree with you. But the fact that we're having this conversation means Tiger Woods really is back again, and he will win. He will win soon again. Well, to me, he's not back until he does that. Until he wins, that's when he is all the way back. Um, But to your point about the Masters, look, he's going to have to hit the driver better than he's been hitting it. And to me, hitting that shot the way he did on 16 on Sunday tells me he just doesn't have full confidence yet in no. the driver not to say he can't get it by then look he's got a couple of weeks to go home prepare he's gonna get you know he's gonna go into full grind mode at home for sure you know block everything out and just hammer away on the driver and hammer away and hammer away and hammer away and probably make some uh little maybe some tweaks to it uh you know some of the specs potentially but but until he gets comfortable with that driver and, and you know th- that to me is the club you have to be able to hit at Augusta, he can't get away with hitting two iron and three wood at Augusta and win that tournament. You have to hit driver there. Brian Golf, are you still standing by your expectations that Tiger Woods will contend and win at Augusta National in two weeks? I got no reason to go away from that, you know. And actually, if if you go back to I think after we did the hero recap, you and I talked, and the first question you asked is, "Will he win a major this year?" And I said no. 
So I can't take full on, you know, Brandel Chambly calling me clairvoyant. I can't take full credit of that. It wasn't until I think after Tory I said, "All right, that's my pick to win the Masters." But it was. It was. It was time, after Tory. It was. It was after yeah, Tory. At that time, I hadn't made another pick for the Masters, but. I saw something at Tory that I like, especially the short game, and I, I feel like everything is improving. The driver's improving just barely, but, you know, as far as when he does make it, mean, if you look, when he reteed on 16, he piped it. Right. In fact, he, he got robbed because he hit Bud Cauley's ball. Cauley's ball shot forward 30 yards, and then Tiger's ball went backwards a foot, so he was stupid. But, you know, he, he does have the shot there. But it's just like when we're out on the golf course and it's like player A is okay, but player B is always better. I think, you know, he obviously has it in him to hit the shot. So it's just a matter of him doing it. And I think at Augusta, a place he's comfortable and a place that he hopefully doesn't put too much pressure on himself to do well in, I think if he just goes out there and freewheels it, he has every reason to believe that he can win that tournament. And I'm I'm all in on Tiger, man. I think it's going to be the best Masters ever. Well, that's a that's a bold statement. Best Masters ever. We'd seen some pretty good ones. Leading, um, leading into it, I'm yeah. seeing with everything we've got going into it. I'm sorry. There's a, yeah, yeah, there's yeah. a no. lot of hype going into this. No, Masters. absolutely. Yeah. And, and and look, Obviously. most most of it is because Tiger. Look, we could talk about Rory winning. We could talk about other guys and the success they've had. But Tiger's the real difference maker here. And real here. quick, whoever's booking Dustin Johnson's uh, place to stay this year, if you could do me a favor and make sure it's a one-story house. Yeah, so, so I've, I've confirmed that, yeah. yeah, there won't be any oh, stairs in the house. Gosh, His yeah. agent uh, yeah, confirmed think, uh, that uh, earlier this year. Yeah. Another storyline coming out of Bay Hill is Roy McElroy wants alcohol sales limited because he's tired of people screaming his wife's name and saying inappropriate things when the ball's in the air. And you know what? There is no place for that. I don't know that limiting alcohol sales is going to do it, but they've got to do something to get these fans under control. Yeah, look, it's certainly becoming more of an uh, more of an issue. It seems, or players are maybe just more vocal about it. Right. About um, as the fans have been more vocal, I think. Look, it's it's a, we've talked about this before. It's sort of the Phoenix Open effect. It's sort of the generational. Uh, impact of social media and so right. forth and this sort of look at me everybody wants to be viral they yeah. want to be the guy heard right. on the tv screaming something and then Absolutely. it goes viral but you know look speaking of rory and closing it down i mean how good was that on sunday drops the 64 his first win in 18 months 100 putts i mean look you only take 100 putts for the week right you're gonna be, do pretty well he was on his last 25 holes he was was 12 under, no bogeys. He went on that run where he, uh, he he made the birdie on the par three. Then he made another long birdie. Then he chips in. Then he gets to 18 and rolls in a bomb after DeChambeau had just dropped eagle on the hole to close it down to one. I mean, it was really a strong finish. And I love the fact that he basically talked to Brad Faxon. He mentioned this um, you know, on the weekend. Uh, Faxon, look, one of the all-time, all-time great putters, a terrific guy on top of it. His dad actually celebrating his 80th birthday today. We we're gonna have we we're going to have facts on uh, truthfully, but look, his dad's 80th birthday. They've got a whole crew of people in town playing golf, everything. So uh, we'll get him on another time. But three people of three major champions have already contacted Brad Faxon, uh, according to a colleague of mine, uh, Eamon Lynch. Uh, Tiger Woods is one of them too, right? <laughs> following Rory's uh, putting exploits. I mean. Well, look, T- Tiger's putting the ball just fine, but the fact that Rory finally started to get past the mental hurdle, the mental block, he, look, this is a guy who, when it comes to his putting, tends to get a bit technical and bogged down in right. that. And when you look at his best putting 
uh, in his career. You can go back to when he worked with Dave Stockton, a guy uh, very similar to Brad Faxon in the approach in terms of a very simple approach, not overly technical, so forth. I think it, it freed Rory up, and, and what a better time because the Masters is two weeks away where you've got to be able to roll the ball. Right, you definitely got to be able to putt there. So Bay Hill in the books. Rory has a big win. Tiger contends once again. Had a little bit of a hiccup on the uh, 16th tee on Sunday, but played himself into contention. It's good to see him up there again. We are totally jacked for the Masters. And we've got the match play uh, tournament, as Froggy mentioned earlier in the week, or earlier in the podcast, uh, coming up this week. Starts on Wednesday. Right. Got as an early start this right. week. Three rounds, round robin, then they cut down the field, and then they go sudden death. So I think we're, is this the prediction portion of the podcast? Yes. Yeah, so who you got? Go ahead. First, you know what? First, you know what? Brian Golf, who you got? Who do you like this week at the match play of the 64 players? Oh, God. Um, you know what? I'll just I'll just go with the number one seed, Dustin Johnson. I don't know. He won last year. That course is, fits those bomber mentality yeah. players, you know? Um, maybe, maybe Roars will, yeah, he's playing, right, Wacker? Yes. Yes, Roars yeah, playing. Yeah, so I'll just go with DJ just because the hot hand, and honestly, I'm, I am looking over this week, the tournament where Tony Romo's playing in Mexico, and then, or wherever, right, right. and then, uh, the Houston, you know, Shell Houston Open is always great because it's the week before the Masters, so a lot of players play that, that golf course is pretty awesome, but, uh, honestly, guys, I'm, I'm checked out, I love Austin Country Club. It's going to be a great tournament. I'll watch all of it, but I'm so focused on what we got going on in the Masters, especially with right now, just the way things are shaping up. And by the way, Wacker, I'm going to give you kudos on your question on Twitter about Rory McIlroy when he is playing his best. Is there anyone better? I I don't think anyone is better than Rory McIlroy when he is firing on all cylinders. That includes currently Tiger Woods. So if Rory holds this and he, he takes this Bay Hill invitation to win and on a Palmer invitation to win, and he, uh, you know, springboards into some confidence, you could say, and keeps the putter going. I think Rory's going to be the player of the year all of a sudden, you know? Yeah, I mean, he can, can he carry it over to the match play? Wacker, who you got at match play real quick? I'm going with the hometown boy, Jordan Spieth. I'm going to trust that he has his putting issues cleaned up uh, a week at home. So, uh, look, right. uh, he's a good match play player, has a good record. And look, uh, and, good, and if he doesn't win, he'll blame it on somebody else, guaranteed. Um, <laughs> I'm going to pick uh, John Rahm. I like John Rahm as a bomber. I think John Rahm's got it coming. Uh, has been playing well this year. Uh, I think he'll be right around the top. And once again, it's all going to come down uh, once the round robin format plays out to who you play against. You know, if you get somebody really big, or if you get somebody who's just gotten hot all of a sudden. So, playing through podcast. Thanks for listening. Coming up on Wednesday, we're going to talk to Billy Horschel. Had a little bit of an incident on the 14th tee on Sunday at the Arnold Palmer Invitational. We'll talk to Billy about that. Also, we'll talk to Billy about Tiger Woods. And we'll talk to Billy about uh, alcohol sales. Does he agree we should be limiting those? Uh, so much to talk to Billy about. So we'll do that Wednesday, and we're going to try and get Brad Faxon on and find out whatever the hell he told Roy McElroy. I-, I want him to tell us so we can try it with our putting, too. So thank you so much for listening to the Playing Through Podcast. We'll talk to you soon. I think you've had enough. Playing through. No? Now you've had enough. With Froggy, Bryant, Golf, and Wacker. Bitch. 
What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to to start listening.